Welcome to the Lockdown Lowdown with HappeningInHearts.com. I'm Piper Terrett. Coming up on this week's show, we've got an interview with Emma Riddle, who runs the Hartford Real Refill Shop, Replenish Refill. We'll also be speaking to the Hartford Food Swappers about how to make bread if you don't have much flour, which is a problem a lot of us have at the moment. It's hard to get hold of it, isn't it? And we'll also be talking to Graham Mack, radio star extraordinaire, former boss of Bob FM and Fix Radio, about his unexpected trip to A&E. But first, let's get on to the news. Well, there's a lot being, a lot that's been going on this week. Um, a lot of places are reopening. Very excitingly, Simmons has reopened uh, a number of its outlets um, but not all of them so the best thing to do is to head to their Facebook page to see if your local store has reopened. I know that the one in um, Hatfield and one in Hoddesdon have reopened but not, not the one in Ware I believe. Um, Seaways in Stansted Abbots has reopened, that's a fantastic fish and chip shop there. Um, fish and chips there is very tasty. Um, they have uh, a new app so the best way to order is to head to their website or their Facebook group um, and order via the app if you can. Pierce's Farm Shop is now open and tantalising us with photos of the uh, the stacks of flour that they've got in store, on, on pictures on Facebook. Um, also, over in Hartford, the Millstream Pub in Lower Bengio, that has reopened for takeout. Um, oh, sorry, is reopening on the 1st of May for takeout. That's uh, They'll be offering that on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. That's good news because the food there is very tasty. And we used to live near there. Right, elsewhere, If now, if you have a wayward washing machine or a delinquent dishwasher, help is at hand now because Spin Doctor over in Harlow has reopened. So if you need help, head to their Facebook page and, um, and book them in. Um, Natural Health in Hartford, that's the health food shop on the corner of Old Cross, uh, they're reopening for a limited amount of time. That's Tuesdays and Thursdays between 11 and 3. Um, Far Brew over in Wheat Hampstead, that's a local brewer there, have um, just launched an exciting new beer. And guess what it's called? Captain Tom. 50% of the, of the profits from that will go to local NHS departments. Also, a couple of other interesting things. Um, Hearts Art Society Spring Show, we mentioned this last week, but we'll give another mention this week, um, is, has gone online. That's at hartfordartsociety.co.uk. Do check it out. A number of the works are for sale. And hopefully we'll be speaking to them in a week or two on the podcast. Um, also, we have um, a we have a new writer on Happening in Hearts. That's Heidi Maddahu, who's based over Bishop Stortford. And she's written a, a really interesting article all about some of the local schools and colleges which are making face visors for the NHS. Also, uh, last but not least, don't forget the Yarn Bombers. If you've enjoyed some of their work online, I've been doing these fantastic figures of um, all the people helping, all the key workers um, during the, the pandemic. Um, <clears throat> they're don uh, they're um, donating cash to various local charities. I know one of them is the Citizens Advice Bureau. If you've enjoyed their work, then do head to their Facebook page and donate if you can. Thank you.
Struggling to get hold of strong white bread flour and other essentials in the Hartford area? Then don't worry. Replenish Refill at Mudlarks has just reopened with a new click and collect service. Earlier, we spoke to Emma Riddle, who runs the shop. Here with Emma Riddle from Replenish Refill in Hartford. Um, how are you doing, Emma? Yeah, we're doing well, actually. Yeah, we're just starting our new click and collect service, which is doing quite well to start with. So, yeah, it's positive. When did you start that? So we kind of launched it last week. So um, hopefully it's going to gradually build up and be a little bit busier. So, yeah, we've had a few teething troubles. So we've managed to iron them out. And now it's kind of going to really hopefully pick up next week. We'll get a bit busier. Because it must, it must have been a bit of a disappointment. You know, you just you just opened up and then you had to shut. Yeah, it it was just, it was really disappointed. I was really kind of really disappointed for the staff as well that I really got behind the project. Um, but I'm kind of a sort of person that just deals with what's put in front of me. So it was just a fact that was going to happen and like find something else, work around it. So we kind of started to click and collect. So that'll be our next project that we're going to get off the ground. Well, it's fantastic. I know a lot of people are really excited that you're back operating. So just to explain to me how, how the click and collect works. So we send you um, an order form, which is a spreadsheet uh, via your email. Um, we're hoping to get our website up and running soon. So hopefully you'll be able to download the order form from the website um, and then you just fill in the order form yeah and then you email it back to us and basically we let you know if we've received the order and then we contact you a day before uh, it's due for pickup that the order's ready and how much the order is which you then transfer the money through back transfer so there's no actual sort of you know physical contact recently, yeah. you know keeping our social distance from all our customers as well so it's we, we had a trial on it and it's working really well that's good so how long how long uh, I mean how long do you have to wait before you can collect so if you for example order on Monday then your collection will be ready on Wednesday so we're doing when uh, Monday, Wednesday and Fridays for collections. So basically if you order two days before, then you should get it two days after. So like on the Wednesday, the pickup will be on the Friday. Then yeah. if you order um, Thursday, Friday, it'll be ready on the Monday. And where did you come that to? You, yeah, 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 no, that's good. And you come to, I assume you come to Mudlarks to collect it. Yeah, so you can either um, pick up on foot. So we just put your order on a chair outside the store. So you yeah. basically, you telephone us and we put it out. So it's, you know, literally there when you arrive. Yeah. So you're not, you know, there's not going to be like hundreds of orders outside the shop. <laughs> your order will be there for you only. Or you can come and collect it in your car. So we're quite lucky outside Mudlarks. Although it's a pedestrianised area, you can... Um, use it as a loading bay for 30 minutes so people can just literally drive up straight outside the shop and I can just put the the order in the boot for you. So what you're saying is you've actually become a drive-through refill shop now? 
felt like it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's really good because I mean, obviously, there's the town's dead. So there's nothing. Yeah. There's no traffic. There's no real pedestrians there. So to use, you know, that loading bay there is pretty safe because nobody's down there. Um, and then the good thing is on Friday the Green Graces is there on the market as well. So if you you can time it really well to pick up um, your delivery from us and then you can use the green graces as well on the market. So you're really going to kind of support local businesses and be as you know, zero waste as you can because it's really difficult at this time. It is, isn't it? And that, that's, that's, that's terrific to be able to do that. And so tell me, what kind of goodies have you got in stock at the moment? So, yeah, most of our genuine, yeah, reg- regular stock we've managed to get back in struggling a little bit on their white basmati rice and lentils for some reason oh. <laughs> it was known more people become vegetarian or something yeah i don't know maybe i don't know people are just making loads of lentil dishes anyway and uh, i've managed to get some bread flour so i'm really really pleased because markets are struggling to provide that so I have got a supply for bread flour and yeast. Yay! Fantastic. And I've had some coffee beans from your your shop, which are really amazing, which I, want, I need to get some more of. Yeah, I've got, yeah, so I've got teas, coffees, all your herbs and spices, all your kind of laundry and washing liquids, shampoos, conditioners, all that in a refill. So what, we do, what we're doing is we're, we're providing a glass bottle um and then we're hoping people are going to return them like the milkman so we can actually properly sterilize glass um yeah. clean them properly and then be able to reuse them so yeah, rather than yeah people yeah because their... yeah, normally people bring their containers up don't they so is that what yeah. that's do people still need to bring their containers or no, no. The, the, the trouble is because obviously oh, yeah. we're trying to kind of reduce handling of you know other people's containers and then bringing them into the shop so we've got our own glass bottles that we're filling and then people can either fill up from the glass bottles you know and then return our glass bottles we can wash properly wash them out and sterilize them before we use them again okay yeah otherwise it's going to be quite difficult to keep everything kind of clean isn't it Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, not clean, but do you know what I mean? You have to kind of, it's the hand contacts and the contamination and everything is really, yeah. we have to be really thoughtful of at the yeah. moment. Okay, so when people have finished it with their bottles, what do they, they do with them? Bring them back to you? Yeah, bring them. If you just, um, we provide them with your order number one, say, and then when you pick up order number two, hopefully your bottles will be in, in your back of your car or you can just put them outside the shop to return them so a bit like the milkman you know you yeah and your empties and we can reuse them oh that's fantastic yeah yeah well i'm looking forward to uh, getting my order in yeah oh, good <laughs> well you've been you've been nagging me all week so i need I'm to get on with it he's <laughs> like well she leave me alone she keeps sending me all these versions of the order form not at it's all like, it's quite um yeah my sister's like a real kind of computer whiz and she's done me this sort of spreadsheet that adds up all the columns and does all the maths on the spreadsheet when you fill it into order and yeah. then a couple of things went kind of a bit wrong with it to start with 
I was like, oh no. So now we're on version six. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we'll get there in the end though. <laughs> I hope you're reusing reusing the same spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah that's good yeah and i mean if people don't want to use a spreadsheet to order they can just use the um spreadsheet as see what we've got in stock and you can just email me you know obviously product names and the quantities you want you don't have to use the spreadsheet if that's not your thing at all and what's has what's the easiest way of getting in touch is it via the facebook page uh, yeah, you can uh, do the Facebook page or you can email me at, I can't remember, it's, con- it's contact at replenishrefillstore.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, thank you Instagram so- as well. Oh, yeah. yes, you're on Instagram as well. Oh, yeah, yes, so message me on Instagram if you want. Okay. Well, thanks yeah. so much for talking to us this morning, Emma. That's all right. It's a pleasure, pleasure to hear from you. Yeah. Keep, nice keep some of that bread flour for me. <laughs> well, we've got plenty of it. So, yeah, that's great. And it's really good flour. It's just, yeah, it makes really good bread, actually. Oh. It's a good quality. I think it's a sort of bake, baker's quality bread flour. Oh. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. How do you make bread if you don't have much flour or yeast available? We asked the Hartford Food Swappers for their best tips. Okay, fantastic. I'm here with Vicky Glover-Ward and Marcus Alexander from the fantastic Hartford Food Swappers. Um, And Marcus is a baker extraordinaire and Vicky dabbles too and makes fantastic jam. Um, So guys, how do you go about making bread if you can't find much flour? I mean, people are really struggling to, to find it in the shops at the moment. Marcus, do you want to start? Well, um, I have to confess, I've got, I've got rather a lot of flour at the moment. Um, ah, you know so, where to get it from. So, so yes, I, mean, I, I have found that if you're patient and persistent and don't mind buying large quantities you can get flour from some of the suppliers who offer on the internet um so there's a there's a website called bakery bits who do flour for professional and amateur and you know from time to time they have flour in stock but they only open their website for a short period every day because it's absolutely swamped at the moment um I got lucky and got some from Shipton Mill. Again, yeah. you have to visit their website and wait for a delivery slot. But once you get one, they've got quite a lot of choices available. Um, and what sort of quantities do you have to do you have to get? Well, bakery bits will sell small, you know, just normal one and two kilo bags, and you can buy more if you want. Um, Shipton Mill do have some small bags, but they, you know, if you're a serious baker, you can buy 25 kilos like I did. Wow. Um, mostly because it's a lot, a lot cheaper that way, because then you don't have to pay so much delivery cost for what you're buying. Um, but yeah. also because I know, I know a few people in need. So 
I'm sure the neighbours have been raising eyebrows because every now and then someone comes to my my door and picks a, a large bag of white powder off the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, and I'd agree because I, I, on Marcus's recommendation, I got um, 25 kilos of rye flour from Bakery Bits, but I've split it with another food swapper. So what, why did you get rye flour, Vicky? Uh, I can't have normal wheat because I'm intolerant to it. So I tend to, I can, but I can eat, I'm really lucky I can eat rye and spelt. Um, so, and I couldn't get spelt, so I got rye. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, if you, if you got, and I've never tried making bread with literally no flour, um, mm. that could, could be challenging. But if you are, if you have a small amount, you know, there are plenty of types of bread that you can make by, adding other things like porridge oats or you know different types of flour which aren't necessarily bread flour so if you can get hold of you know cake flour for instance then cake you can flour. make perfectly good soda bread and things like that with it yeah. um, and bread flour is really all about you know the strong flour which has got the gluten which creates that traditional bread texture but if you want to experiment and just mix things up and add some yeast then you'll end up with something that's, that's most likely going to be, you know, mm. edible and probably quite pleasant. It just might not have the same sort of texture that you're used to. I mean, I'd, yeah, I mean, I've, I regularly, when I'm making um, spelt bread, I add 10% uh, oat bran to the mixture anyway, mm. just because it, it adds more fibre and it's better for you. Um, I understand from uh, recipe books, you can use up to 20% oat bran, but I tend to stick with the 10% and just substitute oat bran weight for weight for normal flour. Um, the other thing that we've been doing is making bread alternatives. So um, with things like the sat, because we've got now got sourdough because I'm making rye sourdough um, with the discard from that because you, you have to feed it every week. We've, we've been making things like pancakes and scones and there's recipes out there for things like uh, pikelets or pretzels. So that gives you an alternative without making any waste. Well, that sounds like a brilliant idea. What, what, what about this sourdough thing? Because, I mean, I've seen pictures on, on Facebook of, of people with jars and calling it Susan and all sorts of things like that. Mine's, mine's called Fred. <laughs> mine's, mine's never had a name. Um, so I actually, I Why actually not? Started, um, I've always known where it is. You know. <laughs> I started mine when I moved, first moved to Hartford. So... Oh, wow. It's been going since 2012 now. Um, still still generally alive and well. Uh, there's a, you'll find there's a lot of instructions out there for making a sourdough starter that are too complicated. And you literally only need flour and water and an open jar. Yeah. And a bit of patience. Uh, you really, you know, a lot of them might suggest adding, you know, old fruit or yogurt and things like that. But you really don't need that. All you're trying to do is capture the things that are naturally there in your environment and they will eventually start making you know something which you can use to make bread mm. uh, which can be useful because apparently bread yeast is quite hard to get hold of as well at the moment um, which, which was to, yeah which was why i started with the sourdough yeah. so I, I, w I was really lucky another food swapper caroline um she bought um, half of one of her, uh, her sourdough starter over for me so that I, 
um, got a pre-made one uh, yeah. so that I didn't have to wait for several weeks. Yeah, so if you know someone who's got some, it's easy enough for them to, you know, take off a bit because it just keeps, it, you know, it keeps growing as long as you're feeding it with flour and water. How often do you have to feed it? Well, if you're making bread, you want it to be fairly active. And if you're not, then you can keep them in the fridge fairly indefinitely. So I tend to keep mine in the fridge and then a couple of days before I'm going to use it, I'll just take it out and feed it for a couple of days so it's lively. Um, but it's been happy to stay in the fridge for at least a month without being fed before now. So if you, if you, you know, I've often seen things saying, oh, well, you have to feed them every day to look after them and they're really temperamental, but generally, you know, they're, they're pretty robust and if they're in the fridge, they can stay there almost indefinitely. So long as you don't mind, you know, waking yeah. it up again. I'm, I'm feeding mine weekly um, if I'm not using it, but I'm making, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm making bread uh, twice a week at the moment from it. So um, once I'd got it started and it was, it was going, I, I keep it in the fridge and I take it out, feed it a couple of hours later, use it and, and jobs are good and as it were. Yeah. And what, what kind of tips do you have sort of generally for making bread if you know if you've never made bread I mean, i've only ever made bread in a bread maker so i've never really done any kneading or anything like that make make rye bread because you don't have to you don't have to knock it back and knead it yeah. um the one thing because because rye's got less gluten in it it's a lot easier um to make because if you're making it by hand all you do is is get your sourdough going um obviously this presupposes you've got a sourdough starter um and then you you um whack in some flour and uh, a few other bits and pieces stir it up um leave it in the uh, bread mold to prove and whack it in the oven and there is whereas with normal bread you've got to knock it back a few times which yeah marcus will talk about well <laughs> It's quite interesting because there's been a huge sort of movement against kneading over the last few years, which I think is related to sourdough. Um, a lot of the sort of intensive kneading is really to do with making bread quite fast because the gluten develops over time anyway. Yeah. So if you're making something like a sourdough, which might take a day or two to rise, depending on you know what your starter's like then you can get away with quite a lot less kneading initially and just do sort of stretch it and pull it out a few times once every hour for the first few hours, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. And I've, I've had mixed results with that in the past, but I've got a bit better at it recently. Um, and the other thing with, even if you're doing yeast bread, I find that a lot of the recipes will use a lot more yeast than you need if you've got time on your hands. So if, if you want to have bread which has risen in a couple of hours, then yeah, use the quantities they say. But if you don't mind waiting, you know, twice as long, then you can use half the amount of yeast. And, um, and it's, it's a lot less work in terms of the kneading because it develops over time anyway. And the other advantage is that you get better tasting bread. You so time is always on your side with bread making. If you've got lots of time, while you're at home, which is what we got, then making bread more slowly is always going to be tasting better. We've also that. been making yeast-free bread. So um, last night we had uh, chapatis with uh, curry 
um, so which we did from uh, scratch. But basically, chapatis are just flour, water, and oil. Ah. Um, and if you follow the Madder Jaffrey recipe, um, you just they're they're really easy, and and you get a lot of chapatis out for the the, mm. the, the flour that you're using. The other um, alternate bread I've been making is cornbread um using some polenta i ha happen to have in the cupboard um but you can use polenta or cornmeal or pretty much any sort of corn type flour you've got um but you do tend to do it about 50 50 with uh some form of other flour um and just on the yeast side of things one of the other food swappers has been using beer yeast to make bread really uh, Yes. So she's been making um, the sort of uh, flatter focaccia type bread with it. And you have to leave it a little longer because the beer yeast isn't quite as lively as standard yeast. But because she could only get beer yeast, that's what she's been using. Mm. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any kind of yeast will work one way or another. Um, just really, you know, whatever, whatever you find in the shops will work. Yeah. And if you need to improvise a bit, then you, you still end up with something quite tasty. Mm. Sounds like you've got lots of ideas there. Yeah, yeah. And in oh. terms of making, you know, conventional yeast breads and things like that, the, the thing that took me the longest to learn was how to shape it. And shaping your loaves actually makes, you know, the texture inside a lot better if you make a good shape. My first few sourdoughs were a bit like... Uh, a pancake really yeah. um, and then over years they got taller and the big advantage these days is that you can go onto youtube or instagram and you'll find thousands of people sharing videos of their bread making skills and most of them put me to shame but there's nothing better than actually watching someone shaping bread loaves to really understand you know what the dough should look like and what to do with it because you really can't get that sort of instruction from a book very well. Well, that's fantastic, guys. Thanks, thanks so much for your time. Videos. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what everyone's doing all, all the time anyway, but they're probably a mainly of cat. <laughs> um, one final plea I'd put in, as, as somebody who's intolerant, but, but I know that a lot of people are allergic, um, if people could not substitute gluten-free flour for standard if they don't need it, that would be really helpful because I know that people who are gluten-free are having a lot of problems getting hold of it. Mm, Absolutely. Don't be naughty people. Well, thank you so much for your time, Vicky and Marcus. Really appreciate That's it. Pleasure. My pleasure. So what happens if you have a medical emergency while on lockdown and have to go to A&E? Even worse, what if you need an operation? Well, this is exactly what happened to Graham Mack, former boss of local radio station Bob FM. We caught up with him earlier on in the week and he told us all about it. Okay, I'm here with the one and only Graham Mack, radio star extraordinaire, former boss of Bob FM and Fix Radio. Hello, Graham. How, How are you? Doing? you? You all right, Piper? Yeah. You look yeah, I'm good. Yeah, all right. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also a lie, I think. But that's very no, kind. no, I think you do look good. I owe you a coffee because oh. really this should be me returning the coffee that you bought me, what, eight weeks ago now or whenever it was? Oh, God, is it really? Oh. So sorry about, sorry, it's, you know, circumstances beyond my control. 
It's uh, true. Luna, it's very good. Well, I've got a cup coffee. of tea here. Oh, okay, right, um, okay. So anyway, tell me what happened to your eye. Yeah, well, as you know, the uh, the job at Fix ended and I need to make some money. And then the lockdown started. So all of the radio stations that I'd sent messages to and all of the jobs I'd applied for, everything went on hold. And I thought, well, it'd be good if I could do something to help out and make some money. And I called around and I found a company that it's a pharmaceutical company and they were desperate for van drivers to drop off medical supplies to chemists. And I thought, well, that's perfect. I'll drive a van. I'll listen to lots of radio and lots of podcasts and I'll get some ideas and I'll meet some interesting people. I'll feel like I'm helping out. I'll go to some interesting places. And so, well, the way it worked and it's not a scam, it's fair, is you get paid an amount of money per day for delivering stuff and you need your own van. So that, well, I'll rent a van and, uh, and, and I'll do this. So I rented a van and I, uh, I bought a trolley that I could put stack boxes on and I bought loads of work gloves and everything. And I, and I went down there and I showed up for the first day and everything went great. It was a long day. I was there before six in the morning and I didn't get home till after six at night because I was delivering in like Northampton, but I was learning the round, you know, and you, you, you work your shortcuts as it was. But I noticed while I was driving along, I could see out of this eye, like little black dots. They look like gnats. And then I noticed as I'm driving along, it looked like I was wearing sunglasses on one eye. It was like a shading. So I'm having tea and I said to Julia, I said, you know, I said, um, this, um, this eye's not right. So we went online and it said, well, maybe you should call 111. Call 111. They said, get to A&E straight away. It's urgent. Oh, God. So I went in there and they checked it out and they booked me for an appointment the next day at the Lister and they were great. And uh, they looked at it and they went, no, you need urgent eye surgery. I said, all right, yeah, when? They said, right now. Oh, my and so, God. Yeah, they put me in front of a laser and they lasered it. And this was Thursday before Good Friday. They said, uh, if you notice it getting worse, come straight back because it's serious. It could be a detachment of the retina. So uh, the next day, it didn't feel right. So I went back and they said, well, it's Good Friday. There's no eye doctors here. You better go down to Moorfields Eye Hospital in London. So Julie drove me down there, took an hour, and uh, they turned me away. No. Angry woman on the reception saying, you got pain, you got bleeding. And I'm like, uh, no. Uh, okay, you'll be fine. I'm like, well, can I have a doctor look at it? You should have been here at 8.30. I said, well, the list has sent me here. Uh, and uh, no, 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 no. And she chased me. Um, she chased you? Lucky she you. She chased me from the yeah. A&E at Morfield's <laughs> Eye Hospital. I've since been in touch with them. And um, they, they've claimed that she didn't. I said she'd raised her voice. They said she didn't raise her voice. We've checked the video. I said, well, does the video have sound? Mm. Um, and uh, I was then I was on hold for two hours and they emailed me when I said so I was on hold for two hours as well they said oh no we've checked our records and you were on hold for six minutes or something they said it wasn't my phone it's Julie's phone here's the number check this they haven't got back to me so anyway I went back the next day to Lister seeing no doctors or anything that first day I mean to be fair you know we're in extraordinary times in the in the you know delivery of healthcare. so I can under but they could have just been a bit nicer about the whole thing at Moorfields. But anyway, um, went back to Lister 
they had a look again and went, oh yeah, we need to do some urgent eye surgery right now. And so oh, they got God. the laser out again. They did that. And I've, had it, I've gone back twice. And now they've said, I've got to go back for a full on procedure, but they have to wait till theater's available. And, and anesthetist, an, anesthet, what do you call it? Anesthetist. Anesthetist. Ah. Yeah. So it's like full on is, the, is what I need. Oh, Lord. Uh, but they don't know when that will be because of the situation with COVID and stuff. So yeah, and so you, I end, hey? yeah. Were you nervous? Were you nervous about going to A&E in the middle of all yeah, this? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah. yeah, because everyone's in masks and you've got to keep your distance and, and fair enough, but it's not, it's not pleasant. And then to have somebody stick a thing to your eyeball and shoot a laser in it, not nice either. Um, so were, you, were you a bit scared to go yeah i mean i was, I was at one stage i said to the bloke he's about halfway through i said you know i can't see a thing now out of this eye is that normal oh yeah that's quite normal oh good you could have told me because <laughs> yeah, i don't know you know and you got it it's like look it's not like they just do it it's like you have to look left look right top right top left right, and you have to hold it there knowing yeah. that if you move they'll laser the wrong bit oh. but, yeah awful Going back to your eye, what would you say to anybody who was um, was thinking about going to the hospital or, go, or taking going to A and E? Oh, you should go if yeah. you've got something that you're worried about. Well, ring one 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 first, which is what we did, and they said you should go to A and E. So we went to A and E, and the people there are lovely. You know, they're just everybody's just doing their best. Yeah. Um, the system's broken, and it's broken because the politicians have buggered it up. The people on the ground. They're doing their thing. They're in the healthcare business because they want to give healthcare, apart from the lady at Moorfields Eye Hospital who just wanted to, she'd suddenly been elevated to the status of gatekeeper. And I get the feeling, well, it's a horrible thing to say about a healthcare professional, but the way I was treated, I felt like the lady at Moorfields didn't care. And I wonder if she would have been that funny before all this. So I, I, I think there is a, there's an element there I mean, don't they say, you know, crisis like this, it brings out the best and the worst in people. Best and the worst. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed it just from looking at our local Facebook groups, you know, and there's either, there's either people, they're kind of split. There's either people posting things to help people. There's people out there, I don't know, deciding that they're going to cut up their curtains and turn them into scrubs for the, for the, you know, the health workers or crochet things or whatever and trying to help and volunteering. And then there's other people who are, just you know going on and calling the police because they've seen somebody stand too close to somebody else or <laughs> that sort yeah, of thing yeah. you know or deliberately starting bonfires just to annoy the neighbors and, and all of that so uh, yeah it's, it's interesting how yeah people yeah the, the extremes it brings out in people in a crisis I think but maybe yeah. the lady at Moorfields just fancied being in a Benny, a Benny Hill film with you or chasing chase. It's not what you want to hear when you don't feel well. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much, Graham. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. And you too. Look after yourself. I will do. Yeah. Get better. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what are you up so, to today? Uh, today, no I'm going to... No boxing. Eh? No boxing. No boxing for me, no. no Actually, no I'm in a high-risk group, apparently, because uh, I'm short-sighted and over 55. <laughs> I wear glasses for distance. <laughs> that's What's a high-risk that group. What's to do with the price of fish? It's, Is that's, that, can that's you don't the high-risk For this particular condition, 
Oh, um, oh, the eyes. I just thought generally for COVID-19, is it, you know, if you oh, short, no, short no, I think you, have, you, you bump I think into somebody who's got it, you know. No, I think you have to be over 65, don't you, for, oh, for right. that. And I don't think short-sighted <laughs> comes into it. Oh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> but, um, oh, you mean for the detached retina? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bum. Yeah, yeah. I wear glasses for driving and watching TV, so, so yeah, I'm short-sighted. And, uh, yeah, that puts you in the high-risk group. Yeah. Damn. Oh, well, look after it. That's it from the Lockdown Lowdown this week. Next week, we'll be talking to Jeanette Bishop, canine behaviouralist, about dogs behaving badly on lockdown, and Kaylee Short, who runs the Mum's Guide to Hartford website on how to keep the kids entertained. Stay safe, people. Is your pup misbehaving on lockdown? Are you finding that some of the issues you had with them before have been exacerbated because we're stuck indoors all the time? Well, look no further. We spoke to Jeanette Bishop, a canine behaviourist, about how to deal with some of these issues. Struggling to keep the kids entertained on lockdown? We spoke to Kaylee Short, who runs the Mum's Guide to Hartford website, to get some good ideas. Thank you.